Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's your son's boy, isn't it? Yep, I knew no good would come from that marriage. Welcome to The Curse of the Lake House a narrative podcast of the one-act play by me, Michael Grove, with original music by Leandro Ribeiro. Scene 4, Closing Time, starring Kate Stilly Steiner as Deb Abbott and Richard Bischoff as Mark Abbott, featuring Lincoln Morrison as great-grandfather Abbott and Urs Steiner as grandfather Abbott. The Lake House, 1994. Milling amongst the trees that speckle the stage are various ghostly apparitions. A pile of forest detritus is in the middle of the stage. Is it a metaphor for the marriage of Deb and Mark Abbott? Mark and Deb enter, with the kids in tow. The children run to the shore and stick their feet in the water. The ghostly apparitions slip behind trees. Damn, we missed them. We cut short our trip for this? Not short enough, I guess. It looks like they just finished closing up already and left. So weird being here with them gone. It actually feels like they're gone, just not that they just left, but that they're gone. Look at that lake. Isn't it beautiful? If a thin film of motor oil is your thing, this place usually gives me the creeps, but all empty like this, it's even worse. She shudders to think about it. Kids, pack it up. We're heading home. Let's get out of this godforsaken place. We might be able to catch them. They're probably just having lunch someplace. Let's let's just not. I do not want to eat at the kind of place your father chooses. What does that mean? It's only some corporate restaurant. The food is an afterthought. Yeah, sure. He doesn't have the best taste in restaurants, but it's not really about the food. It's not about the food. Going to a restaurant is not about the food. It's all about the food. Just like going on vacation is about going somewhere new. Not coming here every time we have a week off. It's also about seeing my family. They were right here. It would be fun to catch up with them. You could pee. I am not peeing in a restaurant bathroom. What's your deal? Why don't you like them? Restaurant bathrooms? They're just gross. My family. Your family, your family's fine, as far as families go, I suppose. But I don't see why we should go out of our way for the second time today to see them. If we left when I said, this would not even be a problem. We could have made it here in time to help close this place. Deb throws a stick on the pile of forest detritus. There, we helped. Now, let's go. What is your beef with this place? Why don't you like it here? Look, the kids love it. Oh, come on, not this again. Look at that house. If you can even call it a house, look at that hut. It's almost unfit for human habitation. And the energy it gives off, there's just something wrong here. Is this about the time my mother asked us to stay? You totally put me on the spot. You're right. I should not have said it was up to you. Definitely not. And I've apologized for that a thousand times. And that was more than 10 years ago. 
Why just let it go? Do you know how that made me feel? How was I supposed to say no with the whole family looking at me and I had just met them? And that's why you don't like it here. How was I supposed to say that the idea, the very notion of sleeping in this place gives me the creeps? It still does. Ugh. I want to take a long, hot shower just being here right now. So you don't like this place because of this? I don't like this place because it's creepy. It feels like the trees are watching us. It feels like that water is going to just jump up and grab one of our children. Kids, stay away from the water. Come on, we're leaving. My great-grandfather, now that's my father's grandfather, walked these very steps. He came down this hill and stood on this very shore and looked out across that lake. I feel like he's still here. My grandparents, too, I feel like they're walking right here. And indeed they are. The ghosts of his grandparents are crossing the stage behind him, exactly where he gesticulates. They dive behind a tree. Ugh. God, not this ghost crap again. If I'd known what a bunch of rubes your family are. Rubes? Hey, look, there's a lot you could say about us, but rubes ain't one of them. Your great-grandfather sold men's clothes. He was a haberdasher. He sold men's clothes, and you suspect that he killed himself when he went bankrupt. Your grandfather always thought his precious son married beneath him and always resented you for it. You told me that yourself. It's true. My grandparents never liked my mother. They always treated us as if we were- And your father? Your father has always treated you like he thought you were some sort of idiot. Your words, not mine, but I concur. And you? What are you doing with your life, working at some stupid computer company instead of doing something honorable and noble with your life, something creative? Okay, now wait a second. I'm working on a project that's creating a digital library of all human knowledge. People around the world use it to look up anything, anytime. How does that not improve lives? Oh, right. Computers. The internet. Oh my God, what a bore. It's also quite a bore that they are paying me a small fortune. Oh, Christ. You and money. It always comes down to that, doesn't it? You and money. Yeah, well, you don't seem to complain when you can buy whatever you want. How much did that haircut cost you last week? It's impossible to find someone who can deal with my kind of haircut. <laughs> yeah, it's very special. Look. I am sorry if I'm doing something meaningful with my life. It's too bad for you that you decided to work for some company. I'm going to do something important. Yeah, well, you don't complain when the kids are going to a private school. You didn't complain last year when you took the kids to Italy. I just wish you were doing something creative. Do you know how embarrassing it is for me when we're with my art school friends? I mean, they're working on paintings and sculptures and films and creative projects. And, oh, here's my husband. He's just some working stiff at some boring old company. We are reinventing the way people learn. Spare me the corporate drivel. People hate computers. They're never going to use the internet. People don't care. It's not like art. Snoopy is better off because of what you're doing. So you think I should have taken your path, working as a teacher for 40,000 a year? Ugh, first off, see, it's always about money to you. It's all about money. And what I'm doing is shaping future. 
future generations. Oh, spare me the corporate drivel. It's not always about money to me. How did we get here anyway? You forced us to cut our trip short so we could try and catch your family closing up this cursed place. I don't mean how do we get here. I mean, how do we get to this tired old conversation where you get to criticize every fiber of my being? For that matter, how do we get here in this marriage where you so clearly have no respect for anything that has to do with me? Well, maybe if you spent a fraction of the time you spend obsessing about work and this lake house, maybe if you spend a fraction of that time being part of this family. How am I not being part of this family? Did I not just go away for the weekend with you? I'm constantly cutting short my work to take care of family things. You would rather work. You're always working. Admit it. I'm engaged with what I do. I find it interesting and important, even if you don't. <sighs> um... And cutting out of work so I can get takeout food because you're too tired to make dinner does not seem like positive family time. I have to be at work at 7 a.m. Shoot me for being too tired to make dinner. Yeah, but you get out at 3. You don't pick up the kids. You go home and lie on the couch and you watch TV. I spend the entire day on my feet. Oh, oh yeah, except for the five hours lying on the couch. And I spend the entire day fending off weird office politics. You know when I leave at 5 to pick up the takeout food? This whole place watches me go. It's not good because you work for some stupid company. It's not because I work for some stupid company. It's because I have a partner who doesn't support me. Oh, I'm supposed to support you now too. And why does it always come back to money for you? Support also means, look, I don't know. I can't think of another word to support. It means having my back, believing. Why do you think that support means money? Well. It's ridiculous if you think I'm going to support you. I don't have money for that. Plus, I don't believe in what you're doing. And you don't either. You just agreed that it's a stupid company. I wonder how long ago they left. Let's just go. I have to pee. Let's just take a drive by the restaurant and just see if they're there. Uh, let's just go home. Mark looks at the water. Just a minute. And then heads off stage. Now I really have to pee. As soon as they leave, two ghostly apparitions, Mark's grandfather and great-grandfather, appear. They watch Mark and Deb drive off. That's your son's boy, isn't it? Yep, I knew no good would come from that marriage. The ghostly apparitions resume milling among the trees. Lights dim, revealing Deb standing on the stage. That frickin' lake house, I swear. That place was the bane of my existence. Every summer, when we could have been taking brilliant vacations, seeing the world, showing the kids how the world works. Every summer, we always ended up at that goddamn lake house. I had had just about all I could take. I was glad that I finally headed out with Mark about that place. I resolved then and there that I would never take my children there again. Thank you for listening to The Curse of the Lake House, Scene 4, 
closing time. Up next, scene five, the cookbook. When it rains at the lake house, there's not much to do. So Julia Abbott opens her cookbook to show you some lake house recipes. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.